the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is episode 240 of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is number 240. That's a lot of episodes, I must say, uh, for the week commencing, or in fact, for Tuesday, the 29th of October, 2013. Now, it is Tuesday, not Monday, because Monday here in New Zealand was a public holiday. It was, in fact, Labor Day. My name is Edwin Herman, I'm here in the studio and I am joined by Ben Sonko over Skype. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks, Ed. It's good to be here. Oh, look, it's good to have you on the show. It's, uh, you know, it's been a, a, a little, a few episodes uh, since we've, since we last had you on the show. Yeah. And, you regularly, know, regular, irregularly. Yeah, exactly. Regularly, regular. Regularly, yeah. irregular. That's, yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah. Well, mm. oh, that didn't take a while, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just saying in the intro there, 240 episodes is a, a lot of episodes. That's a pretty good effort. Yeah, you know what I might proud. do? Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. is just uh, ring up some stats here. Over the last 239 episodes, we've done a total of 148 hours of audio. That's quite a bit. Yeah. And we covered 1,571 topics. That's that's not too bad. How many of them, like, do you know how many, like, what topic has been in the most number of shows? Oh, well, what type of topic? If No. Well, no, like, specific, like has, has iPhone been discussed? Oh, I see. Like, you know, in, I don't... In 70 shows and, <laughs> when, you know, uh, Windows 8 and 10 shows. And... Depends how broad you go. If you said Apple, for example, or Facebook. Uh, look, I don't know, yeah. though. I don't rec- I don't really record that, but um, I just record the, the number of uh, topics covered. Uh, I've also got, you can actually derive also from that, uh, that the average episode length is 37 minutes. The average number of topics per episode is seven, and the average duration per topic is six minutes. Huh. Some useless yeah, well, information. Does, it, does that count for the intro? Because there's uh, a little yeah, bit of intro that, at the start. <laughs> Good point. It does, actually, and the outro and the bloopers. So, yes. yeah, you can probably take that down to five minutes, I guess. Good call, Ben. Good call. That's why we have you on the show. Well, you need to be accurate, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> for these useless facts? Mm, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, definitely. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see the show length trend over time as well. Like if you graph the average show length per month and then do it for each progressive month, see if you've got longer or shorter or well, I if can, there's been a trend. Well, you know what? I can partly answer that anyway because uh, we've been deliberately trying to do some shorter shows and more frequent. So, uh, in fact, we'll do... Uh, we've got four stories this week, uh, or this episode, and we're going to try and probably do another episode about halfway through the week. Oh, yeah. So uh, we are going for more frequent uh, but shorter shows. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, let's talk about some of these uh, tech stories. One of them that caught my attention was that it's it's kind of a touching story, really. It's got quite a, a, a touching video that, that uh, goes with that. 
Uh, you can find it on Google. In fact, we'll, I'll tell you what, I'll put a link to that in our show notes. So if you go to boysoftech.com, you'll find it there in the show notes under episode 240. It's a story of a man who, at the age of five, fell asleep on a train and ended up about 900 kilometres away uh, from where he lived. He ended up in Calcutta. Now, he survived a few weeks on the street before being taken to an orphanage, and from there he was adopted by an Australian couple. Now, he still had flashes of memory of his hometown in India. And so 26 years later, with the help of Google Maps and Google Earth, he figures out where his hometown might have been, and he confirms this by looking online and matching the pictures there with those of his memories. And when he's finally convinced of, uh, of his hometown, of, of where his hometown is, he decides to travel there and he finds the, you know, the place where they lived and an older woman knocks on the door and in fact, it is indeed his mother. What yeah, am- Google Earth. Yeah, well look, it's, it's an absolutely amazing story. So I don't quite get, like, what was he, he made the, like, how did, I don't, yeah. How did he end up on the train? Well, yeah, but then how did he, like, he was talking about making a dot on the map and then figuring out a radius around that dot. What what was yeah. he trying to figure out there? I think he was trying to, because I think he figured out how, I think he, he either knew the distance or the, well, I guess he didn't know the distance. I'm guessing he knew the time and tried to figure out how far he like, would have been. I didn't quite connect that with it being 900 miles. Like, that, that's that got to cover a pretty massive area. I think it was 900 kilometres. Well, the thing is he, or whatever it was, but I think he he drew a circle because he knew he was in Calcutta so and he knew it was something a like a 12-hour with a, journey. With a 900-mile radius or 900k radius. Yeah, well, he he must have been around 900 kilometres away. That's a big, yeah. It's I a big sort circle. Of, I, yeah, like looking at it before, I was, you know, I was thinking oh, it would be, you know, he, he had to figure out roughly how far he was from like a, you know, a 10-minute t- journey or something. But 900, that's massive. That's, that's a huge area. Yeah, it is. It is a huge area. Uh, the thing is, I mean, if he was only a 10-minute journey away, he probably would have found him. Uh, he would have been found <laughs> yeah. or, or found his way back, you know. I mean, well, he, I'm not sure why he didn't anyway, but yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, he, he like, was... What did they think happened to him? Like the family, like... Well, I, the thing is, he's, he's written a book. Uh, I guess it's called a. It, uh, his name. We'll give him a name. <laughs> his name is. No, call him Train Boy. <laughs> train Boy. <He's> train Boy. <laughs> now, he, his name is Saru Munchi Khan, and he's written a book called A Long Way Home, which I, I haven't read yet. But uh, you know, he's he's written this book. Oh, in fact, I'm I'm thinking of getting it. So he's with his brother, and they're panhandling for money in the street. That's right. And then they go. They go to a train, and he he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go for a sleep. I'll catch you later." Uh, an empty train, and he goes for a sleep, and a br- his brother goes off and does some more panhandling. He falls asleep. The train goes 900 miles. What is the brother? What is the? Well, it says miles in the story. Is it, is it miles? I'm sorry. Is it miles? Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm just going off what it says. Um, so he he goes the 900 miles. What does the brother do? Doesn't he go back home and say, "Look, we were panhandling in the street. I put him on this train over there. 
And then when I came out, the train was gone. Look, you know, I, it's, not I, like, it's not like the train could go like lots of different directions. The train went. In well, I don't know. I don't. Direction. I don't know, Ben. I mean, you think about Wellington. Train tracks so they go forwards and backwards. Well, yeah, I know, but they they've got those little switch points that can go from you know the, track A or track B. And you think about Wellington. If you're on a train, you don't know which train you're on. Is at the age of five, you know, or you might not pay attention. You're on one of the trains, one of the lines. It's going to go somewhere. It could go anywhere. I mean, in the general direction, but you know, I would have thought the brother would have known, like, had an idea of where he went. But he wouldn't have known how far the the kid would have, his brother would have gone. Look, I don't. Maybe all that's in the book. Maybe, maybe that's in the book. I haven't read it, but I think just focusing on the technology, though, back to you know how he found, you know, how he figured out where he may have come from. I think is an absolutely amazing story. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of understand how difficult that would be. You know, I went on, on a trip to uh, to Europe in 2005 and I took a whole bunch of, of snaps. And my camera at the time, in fact, even my camera now, doesn't have any GPS tagging. And so I tried to remember where these things were and I used clues and, uh, you know, I've got a sequence, obviously. So, and I know the rough sequence of where we went, but where exactly those photos were, I had to figure out by the timestamps and then Google Earth and trying to look for similar scenery and then Google Street View and trying to figure out from a top-down view what the view may have looked like from the horizontal, all that sort of stuff. And sometimes for some photos, for an individual photo, I have spent about eight or nine hours doing that in total and about, you know, 10 or 12 settings couldn't because I'm really keen to tag them all you couldn't just remember where it was well some some of them are like we're driving on the the highway and we pull off and there's this beautiful lake so we take a photo of the lake uh, you know and there's lots of lakes and you were trying to get really specific were you oh yeah yeah I I mean like this dot here well you know within I don't know 50 100 metres kind of thing Uh, but yeah you know uh, (laughs) Eight hours for one photo. Well, look, that's the probably the longest, but you know, um, others I've taken a good, you know, twenty minutes, half an hour. Hmm. Hmm. Got yeah, that kind of to- time. <laughs> <laughs> look, I've only done about I don't know a hundred out of two thousand, so I've got a long way to go. And and I started this about like three years ago. <laughs> Are you going to try and get through that all? Yes, I am. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, to be uh, fair, I think it th- might be easier just to go back with a camera that has GPS and do it again. Well, that's if I remembered where I went. <laughs> that's the problem. We were there six months, seven months away from work, six months uh, tripping around Europe. I mean, you know, it was long. That's you know. good fun, eh? Yeah, it is. You've done you've done that sort of stuff, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Traveling it's around, good fun. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Uh, an amazing story. He's written a book, "A Long Way Home," by Saru Munshi Khan. Amazing story. I, I'm still, I'm really, it, I, I'm kind of lost for words on this story. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I just hope it's true. Yeah, I did wonder whether you had a slight sound of cynicism in your voice uh, before. It just, I, I, it just seemed like an advert. It, it, it was I promoted mean, by Google. Yep. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, Maybe it, it's just the delivery. I, I don't know. It just, yeah, I don't know. It's supposedly real. I, I, I think Google would be very foolish if to do such a big thing. You know, I mean, this is, you, you can, I don't know. Because if he already had the map on his wall for his whole life, like. Yeah, so he's raised in Australia, and what you're referring to there is his uh, adopted, uh, adoption, what do you call that? His, um, yeah, uh, 
Fost appearance. Fost appearance, that's the word. Thank you. Yeah. And his foster, foster his foster parents put up a map, as you said, of India on his bedroom wall, and he had that for you know for the time he was living there. So he could have drawn a circle on that map, like. Yeah, but when do you start this? I mean, I mean, certainly, like the whole Google Earth to um, to see photos of the area to like, yeah, okay, there's there's nothing like that, but like he probably could have got a rough idea. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, it's, I'm wondering I, if maybe look, uh, Google played uh, up their part in it for the like. Maybe they've encouraged him to to sort of make a bigger deal of some stuff so they can then use it for their whole. Uh, maybe it's just that. I don't know. I don't know. I just pick up something. See, look, I was four and a half when I I, I moved uh, moved countries. In fact, and I've got very very little memory of of where I was. Uh, you know, give me another year, perhaps, and and, and I may have had some snapshots, but it, it's very fuzzy it's very hazy you just have little glimpses of you know pictures so could you look at photos and figure out where you were not no probably not at that age uh but you know four and a half to five is you know it's six months but you know in terms of memory development you, you do start to form better and better snapshots i mean i've got some snapshots of memory of when i was five but i don't remember really much at all when i was four so, mm. Mm, anyway, there you go. I think it's an amazing story. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in reading his book. I'd be interested in talking to him, actually. We'll try to. Oh, he's probably got interview um, invitations coming out of his ears. Anyway, what else is in, in the news? A massive asteroid by the name of 2013 TV135 may... It has a, when I say May, one in a 63,000 chance hit the Earth in 2032. It's quite a lot of warning, eh? It's quite a bit of warning. Yeah. It, it's 1,300 feet across. Yeah, it's not very big either. I'm trying to work that out in metric. What's that, about 400 metres, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not very big. Yeah, about 400 metres in, well, the thing is, it's big enough to. What is it? It's something like uh, two and a half thousand megatons of TNT when it uh, when it impacts the Earth. Yeah. Can't we just send um, Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis up there <laughs> to, yeah. to drill it and blow it up? <laughs> That's right. Oh, and Steve Buscemi as well. Yes, uh, just like in the movie. Yep. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's one in sixty-three thousand chance. But of course, as uh, as time goes on, they'll uh, get a better and better idea of of you know the odds will get better and better as to whether it's going to hit or not. More more accurate as opposed to better. We're hopefully better. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. It's more accurate. It's going to be quite destructive if it hits. Yeah, depends where it hits. So anyway, this was discovered, I think, by a uh, was it the uh, not Ukrainian Russian? or you Ukrainian? I think it, yeah, I think. It, Somewhere up there. It was the Crimean Astrophysical Observatory in Ukraine. There you go. Yeah. Lots think... of people have verified it. Yeah, NASA as well, right? Yeah. But they didn't want to say anything, because hadn't they already seen it as well and kept them, I think? Well, you wonder if it's like below their threshold of um, like warnings, but they've released, like these other people have released it, and then oh, people yeah. have gone, ooh. And NASA's like, yeah, whatever. There are heaps up there. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. If if you knew that there was going to be a massive asteroid that could potentially, you know, end life on Earth, or at least end human life, 
would you want to know if if scientists were fairly certain that this was going to happen? Would you? Would you? Do you think they should tell everyone? Well, when it's only like if it's only four hundred meters wide, then you'd assume we could actually do something about that. If it was like four hundred k wide, then you're like, well, you know, we realistically. Would we be able to do anything at all? No. So then there's no point. But when it's only 400, it's like, surely you could do something. Like like some sort of explosion would alter its course. Um, you know, that's quite small. So, yeah, you'd want to know about that. Well, it's small and it's not. I mean, the thing, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's, you, it's, not if, it's not if it hits, but it's small enough to do something Yeah, about. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. Like it's actually feasible to, you know, to deal with it. Yeah, I don't quite know... I, I've never really got my head around what we can do and for what size. What what capabilities do we have? I don't. I don't think. I mean, it hasn't been tried before. And this is the thing. I don't know if anyone has a game plan up their sleeve. Well, I mean, you think you think about how far away it is and how long you have for it to get there, and if you can alter its course by the tiniest amount when it's further away, oh, then it's yeah. going to make a huge difference later on. So, yeah, if it's if it's near the moon and coming out, okay, we're screwed. But if it's, you know, like further out and we can get to it and it's still, you know, like say it's in the rotation around the sun and we can actually get to it early and alter its course slightly, then it's going to, and do that early, then there's a there's a chance we could do something. Uh, yeah, and you're absolutely right as well that, you know, if you can get it just, say, a degree off course or, or not even that, a, a few arc seconds or arc minutes off course, over a large distance, that translates into, you know, Thousands of kilometers, hundreds and thousands of kilometers. So, yeah, yeah. I've well, thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think a, a few movies have dealt with that theme uh, for a start. Yeah, um, and some of them better than others. Mm. All right, now Toyota is recalling eight hundred and seventy thousand cars. That's almost a million. Because what could happen is that uh, if a spider, <laughs> this is almost like a joke, if a spider gets inside and weaves a web. What could do? What could happen is it, it could trigger the the airbag, and the reason for this is that there are drainage tubes connected to the air conditioning condenser. If a spider weaves a web and blocks those tubes, blocks those tubes up, one result might be that water drips down onto an airbag control module, which could cause a short circuit, which in turn could put the airbag, uh, basically cause the airbag to uh, to deploy. That's just bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's, I mean, it's it's like, uh, sorry, miss, I didn't do my homework. My dog ate my homework. It's like, wow. <laughs> it seems a little bit, if, but you know, you kind of wonder if maybe they just they designed it. And they forgot to put a couple of bolts in, and this is their cover-up story for that. Or like, it's obviously <laughs> something pretty big for them to record. Oh, these cars. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not saying. It has to be a big thing. Look, according to Toyota, there have been three airbag, airbag not airbag, but air, three airbag, airbag deployments. That's it. They put eggs in there. <laughs> oh, no, yuck. Three airbag deployments and 35 instances where the, the warning light came on but didn't deploy. And in all 38 cases, the only link was spider webs. Because what's that? 38 out of 870,000. That's... Like that's quite a low percentage. I know, but, but you can't just have them. The risk being... is the risk is obviously fairly high, but there's some there's something fairly large wrong there. Like there's. Yeah. So you think this is a cover story, and, and really there's something? No, I, I I don't know. I I have no idea. But 
It's because what they do is they do the mathematics. They go, "What's the probability of something happening? How much is this going to cost us in a lawsuit? Yeah, How exactly. much yep. costs us <laughs> to recall all the cars? If the difference is higher one way or the other, there's their decision. Like there's no, there's nothing else really coming into it. Yeah, don't forget to. They probably also factor damage to reputation as well. Even if the lawsuit's cheaper in terms of direct dollars, they probably need to consider damage to reputation. That's yeah, depending on how widely it gets out, and how because if they settle everything out of court, then no one knows, and well, you know, they yeah, take that. it into account as well. So, like, I mean, these guys have been doing it for a long time. This is this is an old game. So anyway, it's the uh, the vehicles involved are 2012 and 2013 Camrys, Venzas, and Avalons. Maybe mm-hmm. they just didn't sell any, and this is their excuse for pulling them all back in. <laughs> Oh, Ben, if we stay here long enough, you could probably come up with another dozen possibilities to explain that story. Oh, I think, yeah, I think so. <laughs> None of them would be spiders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last story then for this week, and I thought this is kind of cool. In the UK, a, a startup has come up with a glow-in-the-dark spray-on or, or, or roll-on surface for footpaths. And, of course, it charges during – when I say charges, I don't mean electrically, but, you know, it charges in terms of, you know, luminescence. It charges during the daytime with, uh, you know, with the UV light, and at night, of course, it releases that, just like any other glow-in-the-dark system. But this is for pathways. And it, it looks amazing. It does, it really and you can apply it. The whole idea is you apply it over existing paths. It's not something that has to be, you know, built into the manufacturer. It's something that you you, you roll on, you apply after the fact. And I'm pretty sure they can do it in like six or seven different colours. And you can actually choose what colour you want to make it, not just that blue. Are you joking? Um, no, no. I, I read about this earlier on, um, like last week. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I didn't know that. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. Didn't know about yeah, the colours. Yeah, it's a Kiwi guy that designed it that's been living in the UK for the last 20 years or so. And he's been working on it for like 30 years or something. It sounds amazing. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, it just it makes sense as well. Yeah, it does. Uh, it totally makes sense. I'm not sure what level of daylight it would need to get enough like charge up. You don't think there'd be enough in Wellington? I, I have no idea. I mean, we have a lot of sunshine, so we'd probably be fine. But I don't know. Like In winter, would there be enough in winter for mm. it? Or, I'm not sure. Or is it just reflecting, like, is it reflecting any light? Or Well, it or, certainly wouldn't work north of the Arctic Circle, that's for sure, in winter. Well, yeah. You have months of darkness that's, there. That's if it has to, yeah, I just, I'm not sure how it works. Like, is it just reflecting what light's available, or is it is it a stored and release sort of process? I don't know. No, I think it's just like yeah, yeah, the, your general glow in the dark products. You know, it uh, it it uh, effectively store and release. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the UV light uh, falling on it, if you like, charges it up and it releases uh, over time. It's an awesome, awesome idea, and it looks really cool. And apparently, it's very bright as well. They were saying that you could like look down a path and you could recognize someone by their features and like it's quite 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 bright oh well that's okay that's interesting because the one thing i was going to say is if you've got a path with no lighting and there's lots of you know shrubbery and bushes around you know is that going to be enough do do you you know or do you want proper ambient light to be able to see uh you know movements in the dark so to speak what i was reading said that this was enough to to light it, light your way, like you didn't need anything else. Mm. I like it. I like it very much. Yeah. In yeah, fact, I, I, I could would... see it. you could have it anywhere. Like it would be awesome to have it as the one strip on steps, like yeah. just household yeah. steps. So, I was just thinking yeah. the path that leads from the footpath to my front door, I wouldn't mind coating that with, with a system. It's yeah. probably very expensive. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, like they seem to be targeting councils, so I guess so. Anyway, good stuff. And uh, look, that's really all I had this week, Ben. Uh, unless there's anything else you want to raise at this point in time? Uh, no, I think that's all. Short and sweet. We'll keep it that way. Ben, thank you very much for co-hosting. It's been a blast. Thanks, Ed. It's been good. And that was episode 240 of The Boys of Tech. I hope you can join us next time. Until then, take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.